Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, it's easy to to ask and be thankful for those positives in our life, for the blessings. It's a whole lot more difficult to be thankful in the pain in the offering. And yet your word is true. And it reminds us, and we're reminded that we need to be thankful no matter the circumstances. It was easy to see Job's thankfulness over all that he had and his righteous living. And this morning, it'll be a little more challenging for us to find Job's thankfulness in all that he lost. And yet, we're called to be thankful in all circumstances. And so, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, may it be powerful. May it remind us that you are still in control. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be in Job chapter 1, the second half. I would encourage you to read... 6 through 12, I didn't, I'm not going to read it this morning, but uh, it's an important piece of the, the passage, but I wanted, the, the focus is 13 through uh, 22 this morning. It said the Lord, the Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And one day Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep. And the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came. And said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they are dead and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. And he said, naked I have come from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word as we prepare our hearts to sit around the table this morning. 
They wouldn't have run, yeah, they wouldn't have run by. Woo, I'm on now. All right. Brian, can you get my slides up there? Thank you, sir. You're the best. Oh, yeah, thanks. Hey, let's pray before we get started. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Uh, Lord, even in the dark, hard times, when it seems that there is no hope, we're reminded that the hope we have is not always contingent on what happens to us or in front of us or what doesn't happen. Lord, maybe we be like Job, who, in spite of all of life's circumstances, was able to, to praise your name. Lord, teach us that this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're in Job again this week. We'll be in Job all this month, uh, talking about uh, being thankful. And I, I hope you've been spending some time um, Focusing on being thankful in your own life, looking for those blessings uh, that God has provided, taking the time to recognize uh, how God is working in your own life. I don't know why that Brian is not. That's weird. Huh. It's only half. It's okay. It doesn't matter. I'm about to switch. It won't matter. So we're in the book of Job, and uh, last week was easy, right? Last week was easy because Job was doing well. And, and we, we read the first five verses of Job, and we really quickly realized that Job uh, is top-notch. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and, and the piece in between, if you didn't read that, there's a, a small dialogue between God and Satan, and, and Satan's ploy uh, is this, his, his question to God is this. I'm willing to bet if you take all of the stuff Job has away from him, that he'll renounce his faith, that he'll walk away from you, that the only reason he follows you is because you bless him. The real question uh, for us is if God took everything away, would we renounce our faith? Would we walk away from God? If you haven't read the book of Job, I encourage you. There's a, there's a lot of verses, uh, 42 chapters, and we're, gonna, we're literally going to just like drop in a couple times, right? five, five spots that I, that I really liked. But there's a whole lot more going on in Job than uh, we could share in a five-week uh, series. But the book of Job, so this, this guy Job, he's, he's got it all. And last week we saw that he had everything to the point of he even made sure that if, if his kids by chance had sinned against God, that he would take care of that. Right? He, he had sacrifice uh, for his children just to make sure that if they got out of hand, if they had somehow sinned uh, to God, uh, that they would be taken care of. And today we see the actual, you know, we see what happens in Job's life, right? He loses 500 yoke of oxen and 500 donkeys. And then think about this just for a moment. We're talking about one fell swoop, literally sitting in his house. One servant runs in and says, listen, you lost all of these. 
And then before that's out of his mouth, another servant comes in. You lost 7,000 sheep and, all this, and a bunch of servants, right? Because we didn't uh, make a whole lot of noise about it, but every place that uh, all these were taken, there were servants killed. And what does the servant who comes in says? And I am the only one left, right? So we know he has four servants left uh, when he gets to the end of this. He had 3,000 camels. Seven sons and three daughters. Job is at a spot in his life where he has lost everything. It'd be pretty easy to say that he has nothing to live for. You know the only thing that didn't die? His wife. If you read the story, you'll find out he probably should have wished her dead too. That's my commentary, not what the Bible says. But if you, but but it's not it's not a big stretch to realize that Job lost everything that mattered to him, or so it might seem on the surface. Everything this world had to offer was gone. And Job had a decision to make. So we don't read that Job had a decision to make because he makes the decision for us. We read, we read the part where he's able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. But the reality is he had to make a conscious decision to continue to follow God after he had lost everything he had worked for. Everything that was out in front of him. Everything that God had blessed him with was gone. We hear those stories of, of a house that burns and people get out with just the clothes on their back. And we recognize that it's all stuff, is it not? It's all stuff and yet... It's pretty overwhelming to think about losing all our stuff, right? And there are things that we could buy again. But there are some things that are in our house that we might not be able to buy again, like pictures, like memories. We have to know this morning that Job came from a very dark place. In the midst of this, he is dealing with all this loss. Can we be thankful when we have lost everything? Can we be thankful when we've lost a loved one? Can we be thankful when we've lost something that matters so much to us? Will we stay faithful to God in the midst of that? This morning we look at this passage and we get a sense of where, where Job is, where Job's heart is. And so I want to give you a few things that, that I think stick out in this passage about Job. And I want to encourage you to read forward, keep reading 
first thing that Job keeps him thankful is his perspective. Job's perspective. This is Job's perspective on the whole situation. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's Job's perspective. He understands that God is who God is. And that God's plan is bigger than his. That's a hard, hard verse. Even harder to say for ourselves. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to challenge you this morning. Because I think in this role of losing everything, we have lost things. And it's quick and easy for us to become bitter. And so I want to ask you this question. What percent bitter are you? over the loss that you have suffered in this life? What percent bitter are you over the things that haven't gone the way you expect them to go? What percent bitter are you over the, the death of someone you cared so deeply about? Right, Because the first thing we have to do is come to the realization that there is bitterness that dwells inside of us. There is resentment that doesn't get out, and it turns into bitterness. And I can promise you one thing. Bitter does not look good on you. It doesn't look good on you. There's this reality that we want to take revenge for someone who's hurt us. Job's response could have been, I'm going after the Chaldeans. I'm going after uh, the people. Um, you know, I'm going to go get them, and I'll get my stuff back. And that's what we do. We get hung up on it, right? I'll get it back. Come heck or high water, I'll figure out a way. No one will stand in my way. And in that, that perspective, we become bitter. We become angry. We become frustrated. And resent. And our perspective became, becomes very twisted. It's skewed. And here's what I can tell you. It doesn't do you any good. Verses in Romans 12, it says, Do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Give God the space. If there's one thing I have learned in my Christian faith, especially in church leadership in the last 10 years, is give God space. Give him the room to work. I used to want to try to fix everything all the time as fast as I wanted to be like, let's, oh, here's a problem in the church. Let's solve it. Oh, someone's not happy. Let's fix that. And you know what I've learned? Half the time it'll solve itself. God will work it out. And if it doesn't work out, we'll sort it out. But give God space to work in those things. Pray about those issues. Give God the room to work. 
if you really believe that he is in control and has, has dominion over this world and is working in our lives, then this is a whole lot easier. If you, if you really struggle with the fact that, does God really work in my life? Is he, does he give a rip about me? Then our perspective gets kind of messed up. So these are my grandkids. Now, one of them is an illustration. The other one was just for fun because it's not fair now that I got two. I have to put them both together. So yesterday we were talking to Lumina, and she's almost four years old. And, of course, our, our discuss, she's in Houston. You know, Houston is like 25 hours of driving away, right? But Lumi's in, in, in Houston, and we talk regularly, two, three, four times a week. Um, and, and so her relationship with us is good, surprisingly, how you could do that on a screen, I don't know, but it works great, right? She calls us on her own, takes us for tours of the apartment, um, you name it, we got it, right? She made me ice cream two weeks ago, so, so Lumina is a trickster. So she makes grandma ice cream, and she makes her exact, she has an ice cream shop, and grandma wants a chocolate cone ice cream on a vanilla cone with sprinkles or something, I don't even know. But Lumina gives grandma exactly what she wants. And she says, Grandma says, I would like sprinkles on that. And she says, well, of course. Like she owns this ice cream shop. And it's all plastic, mind you. And it's on a screen, mind you. And so she's giving Grandma ice cream through the screen. And so I said, I would like a vanilla ice cream. I said, what kind do you have? She said, uh, strawberries and vanilla. Okay, so I would like vanilla on a chocolate cone with chocolate syrup. And she says, well, of course. And she goes behind the thing, she goes behind this little homemade um, stand, you know, and she makes me a strawberry ice cream in a cup with sprinkles. <laughs> and she shows up with it. Well, here you go, Papa, she says. <laughs> and so I knew for, I knew, you could see, Hannah's like, you can see that uh, smile on her face. She's about to trick you. So she's, so yesterday, the last couple of weeks, she's really gotten this understanding that we can come and visit, right? Um, she, three weeks ago, she said, Papa, will you come for my birthday? I would love to come for your birthday. And her birthday's in the end of February. So I, I think we're having a road trip to Febru in February. But she's beginning to understand um, that we can visit, but she doesn't have a grasp or perspective on how far 25 hours of driving is. Um, she has no clue, because yesterday she said, Papa, can you come over? Because I'll teach you how to play on the, to, to do the yo-yo. Right? She was showing us her new yo-yo. And, 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 and I'll teach you how to do the yo-yo. And I, I would love to do that. She said, hey, when, and when you come, can we go to the, to the toy store? Right? Because mom and dad don't buy me toys, but grandma and papa buy me toys. So we're going to need to go to the toy store. But she doesn't grasp the 25 hours. And so she says, how about you and grandma ride your bike? <laughs> so me and grandma are going to be, after, after lunch, we'll be uh, heading out to Houston on our bikes. <laughs> but that's, that's a very limited perspective of understanding how far Houston is from Pennsylvania, right? Texas and Pennsylvania are really far apart. And Lumina's perspective is that she doesn't fully understand that drive. One, because she's never done it. She doesn't grasp 
how big, how spatially big the world is and how big the country is. And so, so her perspective is, is very limited and skewed. And I think our perspective on the way God works is very much the same. It's limited and skewed. It's, it's very narrow until we begin to experience God, until we dig into his word, until we watch how he works. We become very narrow-minded and we, and we think only God does good things and then um, bad things don't ever happen. And if they do happen, they're not of God uh, or they must have been an accident or maybe God doesn't even exist or care about me. James would go this far. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When's the last time you said, "Woohoo! I can't wait for the next trial. Right? I just came out of the valley of the shadow of death and here we go. It's like a roller coaster, right? I'm going to get up to the top and right back in. No, we struggle with that. I'm not sure we're ever going to love and enjoy the trials of life. But here's what we need to understand. They are a part of life. The scriptures say man is but a few days. And what? Full of trouble. Man is only a few days and full of trouble. There are going to be problems. And all too often we, we, we liken it to God doesn't love me because this is going on. God doesn't care about me because I'm having a problem in my life. God doesn't uh, even exist because things are hard. The reality is that life is hard. And our hope isn't in this life, church. Our hope is in the things to come. Eternity. There will be challenges. Change your perspective. Let me challenge you in the way you live life. I heard a preacher that preached that if you're a Democrat, there's no way you could be a Christian. And I thought, wow, what a messed up perspective of life. Not because I care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, but what I care about is who's in charge. Do you think God cares about a Republican or a Democrat? If you believe that he cares about either one of those, you are sadly mistaken. He doesn't live his uh, life, he doesn't rule this world thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could put the right Republican or the right Democrat into this position. Get past it. It's politics. And those politicians don't have any clue. Get past it. It's a time waster. It's the it's things of Satan in my mind because it gets us so tied up and tangled up and worried about the things of this world. And if you don't believe me, go read Ecclesiastes. Solomon, the smartest guy in the whole wide world, he tried everything he could. Everything. He had the most, the best. Uh, you name it, he had it. And then he wrote a book about it. He spent years trying to perfect this life. And this is what he said, meaningless, meaningless. Everything on this side of the sun is meaningless. Get to the last second, to the last verse, maybe the last verse in the whole thing. Fear God. <laughs> that is the beginning of wisdom. 
Fear God. That's what Solomon says. The small, smartest guy. Second, Job says, trust God. If you want to stay thankful, trust God. He trusted that God understood that even though he was going to, uh, he, he had given and he had taken away. Job trusted God. Proverbs says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lead not on, on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's the one who's got it figured out. If you think you got it figured out, you're probably already in trouble. Trust in the Lord. See, I think some of us are right at the end. There's one strand left in our life. We've tried to do it on our own. We've tried to try to figure it out. We've tried to, uh, we, we try everything and we keep working on it and uh, we think we can fix it and we do the next thing and it, it crumbles and then we're like, oh, and then we turn around and it crumbles again and, and, and we're to the last strand. If you think you're to the last strand, put your, put your Job shoes on just for a minute. He lost it all. And he was still able to be thankful to God. I'm not, I, I want to be clear. I don't know that I could step in those shoes and be thankful to God. I hope. I also hope I never get there. I never have to deal with that. Job's life was, was in what the world would say, ruined. Let me challenge you, if there are things in your life that aren't going well, if there are things you are broken over, if you're hurting, give it to God. I offer the, the altar, the, the altar, a place to come and pray every Sunday. I'd love to pray with you, but I don't need to pray with you. You can take it up uh, with God on your own. I offer that for a reason, because I do believe that our God is able to hear and he answers prayer. I think the scary part for us is, oh my goodness, if I had to come out of a pew, someone will know there's something wrong in my life. Guess what? Join the club. There's something wrong in all of our lives. Get past your pride. It's holding you back. Give it to God. If you have a problem this morning, don't walk out of this sanctuary without giving it to God. Give him a chance to work on it. See what happens. Take a shot. All too often we're like, God wouldn't do anything. Well, I didn't do anything first to make anything happen. I didn't, I didn't take it to him in prayer. I didn't bother to be serious about what was going on in my life. I didn't ask him to be a part of my life, to come into my life and change me. And I don't know why he isn't working. Finally, staying th thankful in, in the darkest, hardest parts of life is about believing that God can deliver you. You see what Job said? He said, in all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. 
Job did not sin by blaming God. I don't know. Again, I don't know if I can get there. But I want to hope I can. Brian, will you play that video? I don't care how good you are, I don't care how talented you are, I don't care how much you work on yourself, there are some times when things aren't going to go right. There are times when anything that can happen will happen. Life happens. The unexpected, the uncalled for, the unintentional. We've been damaged emotionally, damaged spiritually. It may be your business. It may be your heart that is broken today. It may be the number in your bank account that is screaming, you are broke. You can break physically. You can break mentally. You can break your heart. You can break your spirit. And all of those are going to leave a mark. But the mark that they leave can be the mark of victory or can be the mark of defeat. It is staying with the breaking that produces the blessing. It is not what you go through that determines where you end up. It's who you listen to. Because I think right now, you are walking through a valley between two voices. One is wisdom, one is worry. One is gratitude, one is grumbling. One is blame, one is faith. to who are you listening to this morning who are you listening to are you listening to the voice of God in your life or are you letting Satan rule your life who are you listening to all too often we we make that choice All too often, we're faced with a trial, only maybe a small portion of what Job was faced with. And we have a choice to make. Will I serve God? Or will I listen to Satan? If you don't have Jesus in your heart, if you haven't made that relationship real with him, You're inadvertently going to listen to Satan. Why? Because you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. It's not in you to help direct your path, to direct your plans. You don't have to leave without Jesus this morning. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to put him first. Why? Because then you can be thankful even on the darkest, hardest days. You don't have to live life like the world. You don't have to live life making poor decisions. You don't have to live life in the dark and challenging times without Jesus. He can rule and change your life. Give him the opportunity. Let's pray. Lord, that we would be 
even a small portion of what Job was. Give us the strength. The strength to understand that you give and you take away. Lord, help us in our daily walk to recognize your hand in our life. Lord, to not get tangled up in the things of this world. We are in this world, but we don't have to be of it. Lord, strengthen us for the journey you have put in front of us. In your name we pray. Amen.